You're listening to The Q's Podcast, Episode 75. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. You're choosing The Q's Podcast, where we speak with credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, Lisa Hograff, Senior Editor with Q's. In this episode, we'll focus on executive benefits and why they may be less expensive than you think. Executive benefits plans can be used to help with executive recruitment, retention, and retirement. Our guest, Eric Earle, is an executive benefits advisor from CUNA Mutual Group. He will help board member and executive listeners alike feel more comfortable learning about how executive benefits plans can be good for both your credit union's leaders and for the organization itself. A key takeaway from this show is that educated board members and executives make the best decisions. With this in mind, the show gets into questions board members often ask about executive benefits plans and the answers to those questions. Two specific examples of how executive benefits plans can be set up to help cover the costs of having the plans. The show also gets into some best practices for learning about executive benefits plans. Okay, now let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Lisa. It's great to speak with you again today. As a way to help our listeners get to know our guests a little bit, I like to invite them to share a professional mantra that they live by. Do you have such a mantra you'd be open to sharing with our listeners today? Tough question to start with, Lisa. People make good decisions when they are well-informed, I guess I'd have to go with. I might sound like Captain Obvious here, but I'm reminded of this daily during my interactions with credit unions. I feel privileged to help educate credit unions about executive benefits and empower board of directors with information they need to make great decisions for their organizations. You know, I'm I'm interested in the idea that you make better decisions when you're better informed because we're about to buy a car. So I'm doing a lot of digging into a, a couple of cars that I've never known anything about. So that's a great mantra. Thank you for sharing that. I'm pleased today that we're going to be talking about executive benefits plans and providing information that will help boards feel more comfortable taking a look at the options available today. Eric, in what I've read, more and more credit unions are looking at executive benefits plans. Can you talk a little bit about the factors driving this trend? I can point to several reasons why we're seeing more credit unions establish executive benefit plans, but I feel the driving factor is retention. The labor market for executive talent is tight, and losing an executive to another credit union can be extremely disruptive. Finding a qualified replacement that fits a credit union's unique culture is time-consuming and costly, and credit unions are investing thousands of dollars to train their next generation of leaders, and protecting this investment in their talent has become a priority. As a result of these factors, we're seeing more credit unions use use executive benefit plans to help retain executives because the long-term benefits provided from these plans are only earned if the employee stays through vesting. It is much more difficult for an executive to leave a credit union if they have to forfeit a compelling financial benefit in doing so. That's really wonderful. You know, we talk a lot at Q's about the war for talent. We're a professional development organization. So we would put having a plan for developing talent right alongside of executive benefits as a way to help keep your top executive and potential successor executives working for the credit union. 
really interesting things. Uh, Eric, who usually has the oversight for setting up executive benefit plans for CEOs and other credit union executives? That's a great question, Lisa. A credit union's board of directors is ultimately responsible for the establishment of an executive benefit plan, but many boards will task a committee with this responsibility. It's often more efficient for a subset of the board to evaluate the benefit plan options, determine the right mix of benefits, and make a recommendation to the full board for approval rather than having the entire board included in the decision-making process. I could imagine that board members or committee members, as you're suggesting, who don't come from a human resources or an investment background can find the idea of setting up an executive benefits plan pretty daunting. What are the most common questions you find that board members or committee members ask when they decide to learn more about executive benefits plans? That's a pretty accurate assessment, Lisa. Few board members come into the discussion about executive benefit plans with knowledge around the options available to credit unions. This naturally leads to a lot of questions when I engage a board, which I highly encourage. One of the first questions I'm asked is why should we provide additional benefits to our CEO when she already earns way more than our average member? When addressing this question, I always go back to the board and ask them to clarify their goal for the plan. Are they trying to recruit a new employee to fill an upcoming vacancy? Are they looking to retain their successor to their CEO until after the transition? Are they trying to help their employees achieve a certain level of retirement income, but their 401k plan isn't getting them there? These are just a couple of examples, Lisa, that highlight how the purpose of an executive benefit plan is much more than just providing an employee with more compensation. A follow-up question I get from boards around compensation is, are we compensating our leaders appropriately? When asked this question, I ask a credit union if they formalized a total compensation plan to target the level of compensation and benefits they want to offer their execs relative to industry peers. For example, a credit union could say that they want to pay their CEO compensation within the 75th percentile of a peer group. Once the credit union establishes this compensation policy, it can use a variety of resources to benchmark their compensation relative to peer. As you know, Lisa, the Q's CEO total compensation report is a helpful benchmarking tool for boards. Credit unions often look at Form 990 filings as a great source of compensation data. And a credit union can also go out and hire a compensation consulting firm to complete a benchmarking analysis to help a board answer this question. Another question I'm commonly asked, can my credit union afford to provide additional benefits for our executives? I expect every credit union to ask questions about the cost of a benefit plan it's only natural to perceive that adding benefits for one or more executives is going to create a lot of additional expense. The reality is, is that these plans aren't as costly as most boards might anticipate. This is largely due to the way the NCUA allows credit unions to fund the benefit plans. The NCUA allows credit unions to establish non-703 investments to help offset the cost of employee benefits. And almost every credit union takes advantage of this opportunity and purchases investment like corporate bonds, stocks, mutual funds, annuities, uh, business-owned life insurance to fund their executive benefit plans. These asset classes are a little riskier than traditional credit union investments, but they offer historically higher returns. The additional investment income generated from these assets can minimize or negate the cost of providing the additional benefit. 
it does sound like you field a lot of good questions from directors about these programs as they do their due diligence and as they learn about them. Now, interestingly, as we prepared for this interview, Eric, you and I talked about the idea that executive benefits plans aren't so expensive as many board members sometimes think. Can you give some examples of how this can play out? I'd love to, Lisa. When I engage a board and discuss their goals for an executive benefit plan, we often talk about three R's, retain, retire, and recruit. The two benefit plans credit unions use to accomplish the three R's are the 457F Deferred Compensation Plan and the Split Dollar Life Insurance Plan. Both of these plans can be set up in a cost-effective manner to help a board recruit a new employee, retain a key employee, or help a key leader achieve a retirement income goal. Let me give you an example of how each of them would work, starting with the 457F. A 457F plan is a contract between a credit union and executive to provide deferred compensation only if the executive remains at the credit union until the plan vesting date. One way we minimize the cost of the 457F plan is to structure it as a defined contribution plan where the benefit is equal to the earnings on a specified investment. The reason this structure is very cost-effective is because the earnings from the investment directly offset the deferred compensation liability. The plan can also include a cost of funds, which allows the credit union to participate in some of the earnings on the specified investment, which can further reduce the cost of the plan. That's really interesting, Eric, about how the structure of the plan can help to make the plan's cost more manageable. I think you said you had another example to share. I do, Lisa. Split-dollar life insurance programs have become prominent in the industry in large part because of their financial impact to a credit union. A split-dollar agreement is a contract between a credit union and an executive that is funded with a permanent life insurance policy owned by the executive. The purpose of that life insurance policy is to provide the exec with tax-free retirement income and death benefit protection along the way. The life insurance policy is funded with a loan or a series of loans from the credit union to the employee, so the credit union carries an employee loan receivable on the books rather than creating compensation expense. The terms of the loan can be structured a couple different ways, but it is common for it to be set up so the credit union generates interest income from the loan over the life of the agreement. Split dollar agreements typically include a vesting date, so the plan acts as a strong retention incentive like the 457F. Regardless of the goal of the plan, a board can structure either of these popular plans with less cost to the credit union than most boards anticipate. It's very interesting to me how many options there are, and I think boards will be asking a lot of good questions to help draw out the best configuration for their executive and their institution. You've listed several questions already that board members might want to ask. What else might board members do or keep in mind to make them more comfortable learning about executive benefits options and maybe even implementing a plan? I might sound redundant here, Lisa, but I think it is very important for a board's first step to be to specify the goal of an executive benefit plan. Once a board has articulated the purpose of the plan, they'll find it easier to navigate through the options and customize a plan that is mutually beneficial for the executive and the organization. Another suggestion I make is for a board to develop a process for documenting their due diligence activities throughout the life of a plan. A part of this process should be determining who is responsible for the documentation along the way. 
having a process in place will make sure the board captures and has access to all the appropriate due diligence documents throughout the life of the plan. This will make sure the board has all the information needed to defend the plan when the NCUA or a state examiner starts asking questions. The last piece of advice I would offer a board is to work with an experienced provider that you fully vetted and that is committed to the outcome of the plan. Let's face it, change is inevitable. Regulations are going to change. Tax codes are going to change. The financial markets change daily. Life changes. So it's critical that you partner with an executive benefit provider that's going to help the credit union navigate that change over the life of a plan. All of this really speaks to your original mantra about believing that someone who has more information or as much information as can be collected in the time allowed will help them make a better decision. I've really enjoyed talking with you today, Eric. Thank you so much for being with us on the show. It was my pleasure, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Q's. And thank you again to our special guest, Eric Earl, Executive Benefits Advisor with Q's Solutions Platinum Provider, CUNA Mutual Group. Be sure to visit qs.org cmg to learn more about the company's executive benefits and retirement plan offerings. And if you're interested in becoming a Q's Solutions provider, please email carrie at qs.org. That's K-A-R-I at qs.org. For more talent development content from Q's, please visit our new content site, cumanagement.com. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit qs.org slash membership. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, executives, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit qs.org today.